Well, good morning, everyone. We are so glad that everyone's with us, and uh, we know that folks will be joining along the way if they have the opportunity, and that's a great thing. Um, you received the announcements uh, page along with your bulletin, and so I'd hope that you'd look at all the things that uh, are happening in the life of the church. As a reminder, um, we open up this meeting at about quarter till. So you don't need to wait until 10 o'clock to join. Um, but we always, as pastors, always say that folks who arrive um, right on the hour um, are late. Uh, so, uh, so keep that in mind. Well, you would not believe the number of people who show up for either weddings or funerals right on the hour and then expect to sign the guest book and to be seated and to have a few moments to take a deep breath. So arriving on the hour is late. Um, so just that in mind, all right? Um, but there's the, there's the information um, on the announcements about things that are coming up. Um, important stuff like um, the uh, food pantry. Food pantry is in need of all sorts of things, um, but especially canned fruit and then personal needs items. And so if you've got you know, a few extra bucks, you can always um, either buy those things and bring them to them or you know, give that to the food pantry. It's you know, so important in this time when some people still are, are without jobs because of COVID-19 and such. So, Keep that in mind. Um, there's the Deacon on Call coming up for this next month, um, and that's Fred Soroy. And uh, the backup is Ann McKinney. That information is there. Um, you know you know about worship on Sunday morning, and you know about the Making Connections Bible Study. Um, also, the midday prayers that I do on, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday on Facebook. And I'd invite you um, to to share any of those things and invite your friends. And indeed, I invite the congregation. You may not use Facebook on a, on a regular basis, but like the Hamilton Union page, because the more it gets liked, the more the message gets spread. And that's an easy way for a congregation to do evangelism. I said the E word, um, but an easy, easy way. So keep that in mind um, on things. Um, Next Sunday, next Sunday as the first Sunday of the month is Communion Sunday, and so you're encouraged to make sure that you have um, ready for yourself at your table bread and, and uh, a beverage, juice, um, or what is common to your family as bread and juice. Um, that's, Jesus took the elements that were familiar to him, and that happened to be bread and wine. So what is familiar for you um, in your setting. Make sure that you have those elements. And then next Sunday, we also, in celebrating communion, have a very special treat. Um, and that is the Synod of the Northeast um, through the Presbytery of Boston, which is part of our Synod here, um, is making available for us a full worship service, including um, music, including preaching, and the administration of the sacraments, all of that, um, as a way to give our pastors and the presbyteries a little rest. Um, one moment. 
Excuse me. Seasonal allergies. To give, yes, to give the, the ministers a little break from having to do all of these orchestrating things that we've been doing now for almost four months, uh, things that were never in our job descriptions. So we look forward to that. It will be streamed through our gathering together. So come, you know, a few minutes early. We'll do our joys and concerns like we always do, and then we'll set up uh, the rest of the worship service, and you will have a bulletin and words and all of those sorts of pieces. So it looks to be a wonderful, wonderful thing. And friends, let us come together for our gathering for worship. God is in this house today. And God is in our houses, house today. For God sees all, claims all, and loves all. God is in this house today. And God is in our house today. So let us worship holy God. Let us approach God with our confession. Let us pray. Gracious God, Zacchaeus valued money over people and power over equality. He was a sinner, but so are we. Like Zacchaeus, we are quick to prioritize the wrong things, valuing our to-do list over family time, our own success over a relationship with you, and wealth over generosity. We lose sight of what really matters. We lose sight of love. Forgive us for our ignorance and impatience. Call us back to the life you long for us to lead. With humility and gratitude, we pray. Amen. Through the good news of God's love in Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Let us sing together.
Our gospel reading this morning comes to us from Luke's gospel, uh, reading in the 19th chapter, verses 1 through 10. And this morning I am reading to you from Eugene Peterson's translation, The Message. I invite you to listen for the word of God. Then Jesus entered and walked through Jericho. There was a man there, his name Zacchaeus, the head tax man and quite rich. He wanted desperately to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way. He was a short man and couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree so that he could see Jesus when he came by. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is the, my day to be a guest in your house. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. What business does he have getting cozy with this crook? Zacchaeus just stood there a little stunned. He stammered apologetically. Master, I give away half of my income to the poor. And if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damage. Jesus said, today salvation is in this home. Here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to find and restore the lost. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, because Debbie and Katie are apparently having an, uh, a socially distanced porch brunch this morning, um, Debbie's not here to do a kid's message, but are the girls here, Lindsay? Are they around? No? Okay, then we will dispense with, with the kids, because I don't see any of the others hanging out around, other than you guys, and I know you all are kids. Ray is nodding her head. <laughs> I said kids, not kids. Will you join me in prayer? Oh God, creator of heaven and earth, out of deep waters you brought us to birth, claimed us as children of wonder and worth. Oh God of deep flowing waters. Well, you can't really fault a guy for his job now, can you? I mean, really. Zacchaeus, though, his job is a little questionable. Zacchaeus not only has what you might call in biblical times a professional job, but he's also employed by the occupying force 
of the land. And bad news here, he collects taxes for that occupying force. Poor Zacchaeus. Poor Zacchaeus because, well, let's face it, his employment, even though it is by the occupying force and it is something to do absolutely every day, it's, it's a loose term, this being employed. You see, he was really an independent contractor for taxes, which meant that the taxes for the whole of the community, Jericho in that case, or his portion of it, were payable by him. That's right. He owed for everybody. And so he set up his little table in the marketplace to collect taxes from his friends and neighbors. Well, I'm not sure they were really his friends and neighbors once he set up that tax business in the marketplace. You see, not being paid by the occupying force meant that, well, it meant that Zacchaeus not only needed to collect all the taxes that were necessary in order to pay the Roman Empire, but he also needed to collect enough money from those taxes to pay himself and his family, and then to pay his tax portion as well, because you know the more money he collected, the higher would be his taxes. It's kind of an endless cycle for those early tax collectors. You collect enough to pay, but then you need to collect more because, well, because more is required of you. And that was his life. That was the life of Zacchaeus, the tax man. Funny, we talk about tax men and women in the same way in this age. But he has no friends. And his family as well, those unnamed people, those unmentioned people other than the word family, they have no friends either. No wonder one of the biggest charges that comes across Jesus in all of his ministry is that he <gasps> ate with the tax collectors. They were vilified. So tell me, friends, what do you think was in Zacchaeus's mind that day? What in the world was he thinking that day when he heard that Jesus was coming to town and knew that there would be this parade of Jesus and his disciples coming through the town? You know, we don't know. We don't know, and we're probably a little scared to suggest something because once we suggested 
it might mean that we have those things floating through our mind also. But he leaves his table. Zacchaeus leaves his table in the marketplace. And I think that that's most curious. It doesn't say that Jesus, that Zacchaeus loaded up his pockets and his satchel with all of the money that he collected or anything like that. It just says he went. He went. But, but why did he go? Certainly Jesus' name was popular in the countryside. They'd heard an awful lot about him recently. People have said, fill in the blank. People have said, Jesus did this, did that, said this. You know, it's funny. That's probably one of the phrases that has come all the way through from the biblical times till now. People have said. We pastors hear that all the time. Well, people have said the service is too long and those hymns nobody knows. Who are those people? But sure enough, Jesus' name had been heard around the countryside because, you know, he's the one that healed that child. He's that one who cured the lepers. He's the one who fed a multitude. Was it 4,000? Was it 5,000? I don't remember, but he fed us all. People have said that he taught in God's name in a way no one else has taught in the past. Did Zacchaeus know that that was the very beginning of the unraveling of life as he knew it? You know, because just to think about Jesus and all of those things meant that that thread was being pulled. Did he know, did Zacchaeus know that his livelihood was in jeopardy? His part in the oppression by that occupying force was at risk. Did he know? So Zacchaeus leaves his table and he goes to, he goes to Western Avenue to see this parade. And it's packed. There are people all over the place and he cannot see. And so he climbs a tree. And the scholars laugh at this point because in the original Greek, it really is not evident whether or not they're talking about Zacchaeus being small and climbing the tree to see Jesus or Jesus being small and Zacchaeus climbing the tree to see Jesus. But either case, Zacchaeus climbs the tree to see Jesus. And the branches on the tree begin to unravel everything he knows. His life changes when Jesus looks up in the tree and says, you, I'm coming to your place for dinner. 
You're inviting me to your place, Jesus says, to sit and to share a meal. Flipping all propriety on its head, Jesus invites himself into Zacchaeus' life. Isn't that just like Jesus inviting himself in? And the unraveling of Zacchaeus just continues. I mean, what can he say, honestly? Uh, what? I didn't hear you. Uh, no. Uh, give me a minute to clean the house. Wondering where all of this is going. Zacchaeus says, okay. And he joins a long list of biblical figures offering hospitality to those from God. But still, why was he there in the first place? And what was it about Jesus looking up at him and saying, hey, you're in, you, I'm coming to your place. The crowd begins to unravel a bit as well because the well-known things have changed. You know, they knew what Zacchaeus's place was. He was a tax collector, a sinner, not worthy of a second look. And they let Jesus know that it's upset absolutely everything they see as holy, everything they know as sacred. Surely there are better people for Jesus to spend time with. And in all of this, Jesus just waits. And Jesus, we know, is good at that. Jesus is good at waiting because as he waits, Zacchaeus' life unravels even more. And there is a spontaneous confession of repentance, a, a spontaneous act of repentance. He says, not only will I return what I have stolen from these people because he recognizes that it was taken in the wrong way. Not only that, not only would I give back the official one-fifth more that I should give back, but I'm going to give back four times more than what I took. Zacchaeus' life was comfortable. It really was. And just that brief unraveling by Jesus, just by that radical welcome of Jesus, Zacchaeus finds all of his life unraveled and he's facing something totally new and not just his life, but the text is sure to remind us 
that it's the life of his family as well. Who haven't even seen Jesus yet. Who haven't had an encounter with him like Zacchaeus has. But because of Zacchaeus's unraveling by God, his family's life is going to be changed as well. Greed becomes radical hospitality and generosity. And Zacchaeus is made whole through this encounter with Jesus, brief as it is. He is rewoven by the message of Christ, by the witness of all of the healing and teaching and feeding spiritually and physically that Jesus has done. His whole life is unraveled and then rewoven again. His whole life with the neighborhood, the community in which he has worked all of these years begins to be rewoven because of this one encounter with Christ. And more than all of that, his relationship to God changes as well. Jesus changed Zacchaeus' life when he invited himself home for dinner. And he changed and re began to reweave Zacchaeus' life and livelihood, his relationships, his future. Friends, how is God in Christ unraveling your life right now? Your life, your livelihood, your relationships to people and to possessions and to money. What is stirring within you, calling you to leave your table in the marketplace and go and see what all that commotion might be. I'd suggest, dear friends, why we're a little scared to say something about it is because it is the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life and unraveling our life. It's kind of funny when the Nature makes a point of the Holy Spirit, and we get thunder and lightning. <sighs> but dear friends, you will not remain unraveled for long. Because Jesus invites himself into your home and into your life. And Jesus doesn't say, I'm going to change things for you, and I'm going to make this, that, and that, this, and on and on. Jesus just says, I'm coming to you, and we're going to sit down at a meal. We are going to sit down at a table and share, just share. And friends, that's when our lives begin to be rewoven. Thanks be to God. Amen.
I would invite you to join with me as we share in what we believe using the words of the unraveled affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the great sower, who weaves us together in community, collecting our loose ends and turning them into belonging. I believe in the Holy Spirit, who hems us in before and behind, catching us when we fall and writing us into God's holy narrative. And I believe in Jesus Christ who loved and claimed the people society had thrown out, refusing to disregard anyone as scrap. I believe God has woven part of God's self into the fiber of our being making us inherently worthy of love and belonging. I believe the fabric of my life is weak, that I am prone to error and need God's handiwork to remind me of love. I believe in the church and that like a quilt of different fabrics, she is designed to be as diverse and beautiful as God's creation. And I believe that when life unravels, God is there to stitch my wounds together, to hold me in the palm of God's hand, to tell me of love, and to invite me into a new journey. Amen. Wayne, are you back with us? Bill cannot hear you. No, all right. Friends, we come to that time of offering ourselves to God and all that we have and all that we are because that is a gift from God. Like Habakkuk, the prophet of old, we search for ways of God in our world. We bring these offerings now as symbols of our commitment to continue the search for peace with justice in our local and global communities. We offer these gifts because we know that change is possible, transforming and enabling us to live in God's ways. Like Zacchaeus, we know God works through us. We offer these gifts for the transformation of ourselves and for the world, for the good of all in it. Let us receive our offerings. Amen.
friends, I invite you to come to God in prayer. Let us pray. Creator of all things seen and unseen, you blew the spirit of Christ into apostles and disciples enslaved by sin, freeing your people from death and captivating us with your steadfast love. You raised the body of Christ, the church in the world, to proclaim the good news of salvation for the sake of this world. We now pray, come Lord Jesus. We pray for all whom you call into the work of the church, for ministers, for governing boards, for the general assembly of our denomination. May they know the presence of your spirit to strengthen and guide, to correct and comfort, to challenge. We pray for all who are touched in some way by the church's witness. May they feel the healing hands of Christ Jesus, serving them with gentleness, kindness, grace, and love. We pray for the world into which you call the church. Help us to be faithful in giving ourselves away for the sake of the gospel. In your spirit, let us show the peace of Christ to a world of violence. Let us share the bread of heaven with a world of hunger. Let us offer springs of living water to a world of pollution. And let us lead the way of truth and life with your gifts of faith, hope, and love until you bring the fullness of your new creation. Then and now we rejoice with the multitudes, praise, honor, and glory are yours, Holy Trinity. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we offer our prayers. Amen. Now hear us, O Lord, as we pray as Christ has taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Dear friends in Christ, as the rains water the land around us and bring renewal to our parched souls, may they indeed help us to be rewoven. Rewoven in our hope, in our faith, in our commitment. May we, as Zacchaeus, moved only by God's mysterious spirit working in us, say yes, of course, my home is open, my table is set. May we, empowered by God's spirit, go out into the world to help all those who are unraveled and unraveling, to know the grace, mercy, peace of God who brings us back together, who weaves us into the divine tapestry. Go out in peace this day and always. Amen. As I am.